What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today is December 26th, the day after Christmas. Now, I hope everyone had a safe and happy holiday weekend. It was a great day of football. We saw Joe Burrow with 525 thrown yards, (laughs) four touchdowns with the win. T. Higgins went off with over 190 yards. Jamar Chase did his thing. Um, It was an amazing day of football. We had an amazing day of basketball yesterday, despite... On Christmas Day, no Luka Doncic, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving, no Trey Young, no Derrick Rose. It was a little disappointing. But the, the Suns got obliterated by the Warriors, who didn't have Klay Thompson, didn't have Wiggins, didn't have Poole, didn't have Draymond, didn't have uh, Wiseman, didn't have a bunch of assets. And we saw LeBron James get defeated by James Harden, blown out by the Nets, who only really had James Harden fucking insane. Um, I understand that the Lakers were missing AD, but I mean, you still have Russell Westbrook, you still have Carmelo Anthony, you still have THT, you still have a bunch of buckets on that team. Um, The Chicago Bulls did not have a game last night, but Lonzo Ball did enter COVID protocol, so I'm hoping everyone gets vaccinated, um, taking COVID-19 a lot more seriously. Omicron has been insane. Um, But with that being said, let's get a word from our sponsor very quickly, Benchmob Chicago. Benchmob Chicago covers everything from Chicago Bulls bench. We have Benchmobber of the night. The other night, it was Kobe White. I did not get a chance to check out who won tonight. It was the Chicago Bulls defeating the Indiana Pacers in an amazing game without Lonzo Ball. It was a great game. Billy Donovan wasn't there as well. He's also in COVID protocols. That's very unfortunate. Praying for everybody involved with their families, friends, um, and themselves, of course. But um, yeah, so Benchmob Chicago definitely does everything from trade, signing, stats, Benchmobber of the night. The other night it was Kobe White with 24 points off the bench. So much fun. They make amazing merch. They've sent me a couple of care packages, you know, t-shirts, hoodies, wristbands, cups, so on and so forth. Amazing stuff. You could find them on any social media website. You could find them on my follows and tags, Mike on the Mic podcast. You could find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to find me. You can find me and you can find them through the same social media accounts as well, Bench Mob Chicago. You can also find them on their website. Definitely check out some merch. Definitely check out their channel. An amazing owner, a Chicago native, and a diehard Bulls fan. So again, thank you, Bench Mob Chicago, for everything you do for this channel, for this network, and for everything we're trying to do over here on Mike on the Mic. We couldn't do it without you. Now, back to the video. So let's get into it, boys. Come on now. Big Dick Nick, back in the flesh. We're having a conversation about it right now. The Chicago Bears won today 25-24 to on one of the most gutsy plays Matt Nagy has ever had. Now, he shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. That's a conversation we're going to have a little bit down the line about continuing to go for it on fourth down early on in games when he should just take the points. It's a big part of why we lost last week to Minnesota and Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. But we're going to talk about Nick Foles and why he was starting. So obviously everybody knows Justin Fields was a little bit banged up to start the Monday Night Football last week. Got a little bit more banged up. It was his ankle. He went into... Um, Tuesday morning, if I'm not mistaken, Tuesday morning, he went into the, um, was it Tuesday or it was a Monday? I don't know. Fuck it. Whenever it was the practice the following day after getting beaten by the Minnesota Vikings and getting eliminated from the playoffs, Justin Fields tweaked his ankle at practice. So he was out for this week. Um, the Chicago Bears brought in another quarterback 
You heard it right. Another quarterback in the room because Andy Dalton was also not available, which is very unfortunate. Uh, So Nick Foles got the start. It's his first start in over 405 days. Ryan Willis was the backup quarterback. Who's Ryan Willis? Who knows? Um, But you know what? It's one of those situations just like a Taylor Heineke. um, And and you know I love Tay Town. You know I have all the respect for Heineke in the world. Um, but the same situation, he's a COVID quarterback. You know, he, he was undrafted. No one picked him up. Um, but because of COVID and because of the pandemic and everything going on, he got picked up. He got a shot. Um, you know, so great for him. Congratulations to Ryan Willis. Um, but let's also talk about a couple individuals on the Chicago Bears team that had a huge impact yet again who didn't get a shot to start the season. Daz Newsom went off today and kicking punt returns. What an amazing day from Daz Newsom. He also got his first reception in his NFL career. My boy, Kevin Lopka, Jake, and everybody at Bears Nation Podcast interviewed him earlier on in the season after the draft in April. Uh, you can definitely check that out on their channel. Bears Nation Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can check it out. Daz Newsom, amazing guy. We got to get him a Waffle House here soon. He loves Waffle House. Um, Thomas Graham Jr. Also, we'll be having him on the podcast very soon on Mike on the Mic. He's an amazing individual, a very good friend of mine. And I'm so excited to have him on very soon. That is definitely in the works. But now that he's playing, it's good. we're going to have to work around that schedule. Um, hopefully sometime this week, but I'll keep you guys updated. But they had an amazing performance today. We saw Thomas really locking it down, um, having an amazing performance with DK Metcalf, Lockett, really holding that down. Um, you know, it, it is a situation where there are growing pains and we're figuring everything out as a unit together. But the fact that these guys were in the practice squad for over 14 weeks and the only reason they got brought up was because of COVID and because of injuries. That, that, that's fucking crazy to me, especially with how much the, the, the secondary has struggled. Jalen Johnson's out there fighting for his fucking life. Eddie Jackson's trying to find his old Eddie Jackson of, of old of 2018. You know, you, what, what were we doing with Duke Shelley and Kendall Vildor? Um, you know, Dom, Thomas Graham um, definitely deserved better. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a conversation. We're going to get into it. We're going to keep reiterating that, that. You know, Matt Nagy is the talent evaluator, and we're always going on on Ryan Pace on how, you know, oh, you could have had George Kittle, you could have had Patrick Mahomes, you could have had this, could have had that. But, I mean, he's given Matt Nagy a lot of talented players that he just never utilized. You know, Riley Ridley, I thought, was pretty solid. Khalil Herbert, the only reason Khalil Herbert got a shot was because David Montgomery went down and he forced his hand. Otherwise, I don't think he was ever going to get an opportunity, and he killed it. Daz Newsom, Thomas Graham Jr., there were a lot of guys who have gotten opportunities, and Ryan Pace just, you know, drafted them, hoping that Matt Nagy would use them, and Matt didn't. But, you know, that's that's a whole that's a whole conversation for a different day. And I know there's a lot that goes into it, but um, fucking nuts. But overall, let's talk about it. Nick Foles on the day, 24 for 35, 250 yards, one touchdown and zero interceptions. A pretty solid day from Nick Foles. Got sacked four times. Tevin Jenkins did not really play that much in this game. I believe he's a little banged up. Larry Borum also did not play in this game. Jermaine Effetti returned to Seattle after playing his former teammates. Um, you also had uh, Irvin play in this game, you know, for the defense. He got a little taunting call there. It was a little interesting. Um, but um, he's also a former Seahawk. So it was Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson who got eliminated from the playoffs today by the Chicago Bears. The spoilers of the year. Let's talk about it. David Montgomery, 21 carries 
45 yards and one reception or one touchdown, pardon me. Um, Khalil Herbert, two carries for 21 yards and one touchdown. Damian Williams, one carry for 12 yards. Uh, Nick Foles, four for eight. What a day. And Darnell Mooney, two for two. Um, from a receiving perspective, David Montgomery killed it for me in fantasy today. Kelsey's Killers lives on to go to the conference fucking championship. I had James Conner, who got was a, was a fucking healthy scratch, which fucking hurt so bad. Um, and, and Travis Kelsey, who did not clear COVID protocols, Tyreek Hill did. So Kelsey's Killers, my team, uh, definitely did struggle this week, but it looks like we're going to pull off the win with Jalen Waddle tomorrow. We're already up 10 plus points. My boy, uh, Nico only has his defense left. So I'm pretty sure I'll be good because Jalen Waddle has been relatively healthy and relatively productive all year. Knock on wood. Um, but yeah, David Montgomery helped me out by a million, seven receptions for 61 yards, zero touchdown. Number two. It was Darnell Mooney, five reception for 57 yards. And then my replacement for Travis Kelsey was Cole Komet, who had me worried in the first half, not going to lie. But then he definitely, he definitely redeemed himself. Four receptions for 49 yards. Jimmy Graham, two receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown with Nick Foles. We know they love, the, they, they love each other. It's a great connection. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, two receptions for 23 yards. Let's talk about the hero. Demir Bird, one reception. 11 yards and the two point conversion at the end of the game and potentially the NFL catch of the year, depending on who you ask. I feel like it's definitely up there. Everything that went into it, the mechanics, the way it ended up, you know, his hand almost touches the ground before his second knee hits the floor. It was just perfect timing, a perfect element. And honestly, it was the most shit moment. Oh, shit moment I've had as a Bears fan in a minute because the rumors were, and I know the rumors are always going around like this, but the rumor was if the Bears lost to one of the worst offenses and worst defenses in the league, that being Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, which I never thought I'd be saying, um, that they were going to fire Matt Nagy either tonight or Monday morning uh, to go into 2022 to have a, have a head coach search, to be able to do their thing and be able to start uh, interviewing people now. But Matt Nagy went out, he did his thing, and, and I have to give him credit where credit is due. Daz Newsom had his first uh, NFL reception. He had one reception for 10 yards. Khalil Herbert, one for seven, and Damian Williams, one for two. Now sacks, Roquan Smith got his 17th sack of the year. He tied the NFL, or no, not the NFL, the Bears' single-season record. He can go and break that record at any point in time within the next few games. Um, um, congratulations to Robert Quinn. We've given him a lot of shit, not only on this network or on this, uh, on this podcast, but on the ASAP network, on ESPN, on Sports Center, on Bears Nation podcast. Everybody has talked down on Robert Quinn at some point in time, especially after last year's two sack per year. Um, you know, it's definitely a situation we owe Robert Quinn an apology. Um, so congratulations to Robert Quinn and congratulations to Jakeem Grant because both of them have become NFL Pro Bowlers. Um, obviously, Robert Quinn has already been one before. I don't know if Grant has. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, they, they're the 2021-2022 NFL Pro Bowlers. So congratulations to them. Free Roquan Smith because he has been snubbed every single year since he entered the league. Um, but yeah, it was a great day overall. The Chicago Bears had one total sack. Um, it wasn't the greatest. Bilal Nichols had an amazing day. He had .5 sack. Travis Gibson had .5 sack. Um, that combines two sacks in total. Um, but an overall pretty solid day. I'm not even going to like <laughs> you know pretend like it wasn't. 
Um, Cairo Santos got a little bit banged up, but that was that was what it was. Um, from the Seahawks' perspective, Russell Wilson, 16 for 27, 181 yards, two touchdowns and zero interceptions. Rashad Penny had a day, 17 carries for 135 yards and one touchdown. Dallas had four for 15. Russell Wilson had two for 13, and Eskridge had one for seven. Um, from a receiving perspective, it did not go the way I thought. DK Metcalf had two for 41 and one touchdown. Great touchdown, by the way. Really great deep ball by Russell Wilson. Great route running by DK. Um, but that was in the first quarter and very early on in the first quarter as well. I believe that was the first drive, if I'm not mistaken, or the second drive. Um, and, and DK did not do anything the rest of the day. Now, I do know he had a foot injury that was lingering. Um, I don't know if that played a role into why he was sidelined the rest of, not sidelined, but just not getting fed the rest of the game. Uh, maybe that was something that was lingering. Maybe they did you know, kind of use him as a decoy, and that just throw just kind of happened. Um, but, yeah, the rest of the game was avert. Um, had four for 68 and one touchdown. Lockett had three for 30. Dallas had four for 23. Eskridge had two for 10. Swain had one for nine. Penny had zero for zero. And Parkinson had zero for zero. Uh, from a defensive perspective, you had Dunlap had two sacks. Bobby Wagner did his thing. I did not see Jamal Adams today whatsoever. Um, I don't know where... I, oh, wait, he's out for the season. Yeah, he's out for the season. I didn't know if it was a COVID thing or what was going on. Um, but yeah, we did not see uh, Jamal Adams today, which I was actually happy about. Because if I'm being completely honest, if Justin Fields played, I would have had a heart attack. I would have had a heart attack. Because Bobby Wagner, Dunlap, um, and, and Jamal Adams coming at my boy... Did not need to happen. It was not something I was excited about whatsoever. Um, so maybe it was a good thing that Justin Fields didn't play. But overall, I mean, it, it wasn't a great game. But the Bears fought. David Montgomery fought. Everybody, he was getting beat the whole game from a rushing perspective. And, and obviously, we haven't seen the David Montgomery of old since he had that hyper knee extension uh, early on in the year. Um, but it, it's definitely something to where you look at it and you say, this kid has fight. This kid is a dog. He is the heart and soul of this offense. Um, and, and I love that. You know, Tevin Jenkins is emerging himself as a leader, and he's only a rookie. Larry Borum is holding his own. Cody Whitehair, he's never a problem. Um, James Daniels is rarely a problem. He's, he's pretty solid. He's pretty, you know, he's pretty content. Um, Justin Fields, obviously, he, he's a natural-born leader. He wants to be a champion. Um, you know, he wants to be great. He wants to outwork everybody in the room. Darnell Mooney, amazing. Cole Komet, coming into his own. You know, we've talked, to, we've had Cole Komet slander here. Not even going to lie. You know, the Cole Komet slander is slowly going away. I'm very proud of him. Um, you know, it, it, it's a situation to me that, you know, it's getting a lot better. Khalil Herbert is a stud. Daz Newsom is showing that he can ball. Um, you know, at least be, you know, reliable from a, a punt return, kick return team. You know, from a secondary position, like it's it's pretty solid, or a special teams position. Um, so I, I'm looking at it from that perspective, and, and there's just so many different ways we can go about this. Um, you know, it's it's the, number one though. It, it comes down to this at the end of the day: why we went for it on fourth down in our first go. It made no sense to me. We turned over the ball. Obviously, um, it, it it makes no sense because when you when you realistically think about it. If the Bears had made that field goal, they don't go for it. They don't go for two because you would have been up already. You don't need to have those problems. It's that early in the game. And I understand, you know, my, my thing with Matt, and, and, and it's not just Matt, but it's a lot of coaches throughout this league that kind of just try to mimic what others are doing. But they try to do it at a level of 
more consistent. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen Bill Belichick go for it on, on fourth down. I've seen Mike Tomlin do it. I've seen plenty of coaches do it. But they don't do it every time. Like, when, when, when that Minnesota game was on, we were in the end zone several times. And I'm talking, like, more than six or seven. And we only came out with three legitimate points and six that were dead time. Like, there was zero seconds on the clock, and Justin Fields just aired it out to, I believe it was Jimmy Graham. But it's it, – why? Like, what was the point of that? You know what I mean? Like, when you lose a game – 9 to 17 and you think about it you could have kicked a field goal seven times instead you went for it on fourth down on every single one of them pretty much it's a situation to me where i look at it realistically let's do it let's do the math three times seven three times six i mean that's 18 and 21 the vikings only scored 17 we would have won the fucking game and i i know it's it's a what if game it's definitely a what-if game, and we can't play that because we don't know how many times Cairo Santos makes those field goals. But at the same time, it's like, why why risk it? Why risk it when you really don't have to? Now, when the moment counts and it's fourth and inches or fourth and one or even fourth and two, that's perfectly fine. But it's fourth and fucking 12. Like, what? And in the first quarter, what are we doing? Like, it doesn't – it just take the points. Like, it's, it's never – you don't have to be the biggest dick in the room to be able to say that you're a Super Bowl champion. You can be a genius in your own regard and play smart when you need to, and you can be risky when you need to. That's my biggest thing with Matt Nagy. It's, it's not even the knock. It's just always trying to one-up everybody or always trying to one-up yourself. Oh, well, I'm going to go into the game and do this, but I'm going to come out of the game saying I did this, 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 and this. Like, just focus on your basics. And that's, that's what you always predicate yourself on is we need to get back to the fundamentals. We need to find out the whys. But then in the game, in the moment, you just it, it's like you throw all that away and you're just so caught up in the moment that you don't realize what's really going on. Um, and, and that's my biggest thing right now is I, I feel like that happens with all these guys as well. Like these Daz Newsoms, these Thomas Graham Juniors, there's these uh, Riley Ridley's, Khalil Herberts, like it, Jordan Howards, like it happens. These guys get caught in the mix because he is just kind of stuck in this way of just when when all the cards are on the table at the, on draft night. Matt Nagy goes, oh, this guy can help, this guy can help, this guy can help. But then when he gets on the field, he only focuses on the things he knows. He doesn't take a chance on the new guys. And he does. And I think that's the biggest problem. Bill Belichick with Daz Newsome, Thomas Graham, and others. Let me, let's, let's, let's get one thing straight. They traded Stephon Gilmore for a bag of chips. And they still have a corner on that defense. A very relatively young guy that no one really knew the name of. Who has seven to eight interceptions already on the season. Stefan Diggs' little brother. He said, oh, he can't cover anybody. He Guys blow right past him. He's got 11 fucking interceptions on the year. So you, you just have to play them to their strengths, and he's just not doing that. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was a, a solid game. I think it was a solid game for what the Bears expected this to be. Um, you knew going into it, it was Nick Foles. So there was no shock value there. Um, you know, it, it, I'm happy for Nick. I, I got mad love for Nick Foles. Uh, it's never been hate about him. It was just hate about the situation last year with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and even then, even then, I'm sitting there today and I have this conversation with myself. And I go, okay, well, Nick Foles just won us a game. So, and I understand last year we lost five games with Nick Foles. That's, that's perfectly fine. 
Um, but we've lost games with Mitch. We've lost games with Justin. We've lost games with Andy. Now we've lost games with Nick. We've lost games with Chase Daniels. You know, like, and, and now, you know, it's, it's a situation to me where the best quarterback with the best record is the new guy that we just picked up. But um, he's 1-0 right now. But it's a situation where you go, okay, well, if Nick Foles can still win you games, why did we even do Andy Dahl? And I understand that's the situation of, oh, well, we didn't know Justin Fields was going to drop. You know what I mean? And that's fine. But you knew Mac Jones was. You knew Zach Wilson was. You knew somebody was relatively going to drop. You knew one of those quarterbacks were going to be available, so to speak. Um, but it, it just it's just like, okay, well, we could have still had Kyle Fuller. You know what I mean? Or or we could have brought in another offensive lineman. Or we could have brought in another wide receiver. But we did it. So, it, it, again, it's like, okay, Nick Foles can actually still ball. We all knew that. Um, and, and it's just predicating yourself, again, that Andy Dalton makes $10 million. And, and what is it? Nick Foles makes 5 to $10 million. And then Justin Fields is getting paid the least out of all of them. Um, and, and we don't have a single second corner other than Thomas Graham. And he just got here because... Matt Nagy won't take a chance on him. And I know I know, I sound tired. I know I don't sound professional right now and that I'm just ranting to you guys. I'm talking fast. Um, it's 10, 10.22 at night, uh, 10.24 p.m. at night Central Time. Um, so pardon me for that. It's raining in the shy right now. Um, it's, it's, I ordered a fucking, hey, hey, let's talk about it really quick. I ordered a fucking bone and beef sandwich today. Got some, you know, 10-inch, got some fries. Get the fucking sandwich from Grubhub. There's no fucking sandwich. But Bone has done that to me a few times. So Bone of Beef, if you're listening to this, what the fuck? Like, I didn't do anything to you. But it is what it is. You know, not to get off topic, but if Bone of Beef ever wants me to sponsor them, we're going to have to have a serious conversation about whoever's running your kitchen. But with that being said, that's all I really have for you guys today. Bone of Beef, what the fuck? Nick Foles. Big Dick Nick is back. Matt Nagy lives to potentially see another day. It would make me, it would be a Christmas miracle if that guy still ended up getting fired tomorrow morning. Um, and I don't like joking about people losing their jobs, but it'd make me feel pretty good. Um, you know, um, so yeah, with that being said, congratulations to Robert Quinn. Hopefully we get to see him break the franchise record for the Chicago Bears with most sacks, hopefully leading into number 18 going into next week. We're going to see what happens with Justin Fields. If he'll be, you know, kind of benched for the rest of the year, not benched, but shelved just to make sure he stays safe. Um, you don't want a Joe Burrow situation going into week fucking 16, 17, because at this point we're already eliminated. The Bears are now five and 10. Let's see what happens. How do we finish off? Are we going to end up 7-10 and 10 like many people predicted? Or are we going to win out? Are we going to beat the Vikings again? Are we going to do what we got to do to be great and to ball out? Or are we going to shit the bed and this was just one of those weeks that, you know, we can always say at the end of the year, hey, the Bears, <laughs> let's be real here. Let's be real here. We are the best holiday team. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we won on Halloween. We won on um, Thanksgiving, Andy Dolan and Nick Foles. So let's talk about it. Justin Fields won on Halloween. We had Andy Dolan win on Thanksgiving. And now we had Nick Foles win on the day after Christmas. What a fucking team. What a, if we only played on holidays, we would be a Super Bowl fucking contender. Um, but yeah, with that being said, this is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Everybody, please, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. It is the lamest shit I will ever say to all of you. I love every single one of you.
And I hope you all had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. And if you don't celebrate fucking anything, I just hope you had a great weekend. Um, I know shit's kind of getting crazy again in the world. Um, but that doesn't mean you get to act like an asshole. Just be nice, be kind, spread love. Um, do that normal shit that people should do, man. Like we always talk about being better, but we're never better. Um, as Matt Nagy would say, find the whys to why we should be great. You know, why we should, you know, build other people up rather than tear them down. Um, and I say that because, you know, I've, I've had negative people in my life before. Um, and, and I'm at a place in my life right now where, I've just found a lot of positive people and, and it's really just changed my perspective on everything. Um, so I, I just really just want you guys to just be the best you can be because I know every single one of you has potential. We all have a purpose, uh, whether you believe in God or not. You know, there, there is something out there at the end of the day um, that is why we're all here. So don't no, don't bring people down. We got enough shit going on in the world. So I hope everyone had a happy holidays and, and, and are very excited to enter 2022 and the new year. I know I am just five days away until New Year's Eve, six days away until 2022, January 1st and college football playoffs is going to kick off most likely without my Clemson Tigers. Um, but yeah, with, again, with that being said, I love you guys. Please, I'm sorry for that ramble. I know a lot of you probably still aren't listening, but it's just it's just something I wanted to say. So again, thank you guys for rocking with me. Um, this is our second Christmas on the podcast, and, and, and it meant a lot. So again, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Love all. Stay safe. Peace.